Hi, everybody. It's Brian Mahoney, the CEO of Trend Research and president of the 50,000 member OTT executive community. I'm here at Stream TV show today in Denver, having a great time continuing our podcast series. And today we're joined by Jonathan Collins, the GM for Magicom Entertainment. Yep. I got it right. All right. Great. Jonathan, introduce yourself, please. So it's a pleasure to meet you. Um, So Magicom Entertainment is the content distribution arm of the linear cable channel INSP. Okay. Um, INSP, if you're not familiar, I always like to call it the biggest cable channel you've never heard of. Uh, last week, we were the fifth ranked cable channel in the U.S. That's amazing. I it's, mean, really. It's, it's insane. So, um, you know, we're a private channel. We're not part of the big conglomerate, so we don't tend to get the same uh, love and affection of, of all the big companies. We're based in Charlotte, North Carolina, privately okay. owned. Um, that's one single channel. But like I said, fifth place last uh, last week. This has been a trend over probably about the last, I'm going to say about three to four years now. So you've seen a lot of growth then? Insanely. So it's, it's, so I've been with, with the company about six years now. Okay. Um, when I look at where we were six years ago, I like to say I joined a cable channel. Today, we're, we're a media conglomerate. Um, in addition to a top five cable channels, we have a Magicom Entertainment, which handles all of our content distribution for original content, which is roughly around, I'm going to say about 50 hours of new content okay. a year mixture of both uh, series as well as movies. And then on top of that, last year, we bought uh, 13 broadcast networks. That's amazing. So that's Magicom Communications, okay. my sister company. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's this weird thing of like, oh, I'm going to just join this little cable channel in Charlotte, North Carolina <laughs> to, no, we're we're a full-scale like media company now. So just, what is the focus? What is the strategy for content? Like, you know, yeah. is there a particular genre that you're focused on? Yeah, so we're definitely, we, we definitely hit a little bit of a niche. So if we talk about INSP proper, um, you know, that channel was built on licensed content. Okay. Um, they are a very traditional Western-focused channel. So Gunsmoke is probably one of our top performing channel uh, series on the channel. Um, you know, and with that, probably a good seventy-five percent of our content is acquired from traditional studios and the classic John Wayne films and everything in that kind of world. Um, All the stuff that I used to watch on a Saturday morning, just like, without a doubt, it, you know. So okay. it brings me back to like being like a little kid and singing with my grandfather, like in front of the television, you right. know. Like, um, so there's definitely a bit of nostalgia there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go back about eight years ago, we started producing original content, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. kind of how I come into this world. Okay. So started producing original series in Charlotte. You have studios yes. in Charlotte. Okay. So um, so our our actual headquarters is in Indian Land, South Carolina. Okay. Charlotte sits right on the North Carolina South Carolina border. Indian Land's just mm-hmm. over the border, but our main um our main uh, production and distribution facilities sit in Charlotte proper. That's where all our satellite dishes are, everything else. Um, it's a sister company known as MediaCom. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so they're there, but um, you know, we're we're this little kind of gem within Charlotte. Start producing original content to kind of sit with our classic uh, Western content on INSP. I joined the company. We launched Magicom Entertainment, which is our content distribution arm. With that, our content kind of falls into kind of two key categories. Uh, one is uh, we produce, I'm going to say about three kind of hallmarky Christmas movies. Oh, nice. Year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, family friendly. Very much so. Everything okay. we do, um, it's great. I, I'm going to quote Jeff Arthur. He's one of my colleagues. He came up with this term that is lunge free entertainment, meaning anything that we create, you never have to lunge for the remote because someone okay. walked into the room that That's isn't great. appropriate. 
Like that's I awesome. love that term because that's that's where we are. So yeah. So you have Hallmarky kind of Christmas movies, mm-hmm. and then a lot of Western traditional Western content, as well as what I I refer to as like either modern westerns or Western adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning like we have a, a a franchise of films called County Line, County Line, County Line all in, and this is part of your original content yes. series. Yes. Okay. And uh, yeah. County Line, No Fear. All of them take place modern South. The original started off with two uh, sheriffs each side of the county line. One gets shot. The other sheriff goes to figure out who did it. Mm-hmm. Not Western in a traditional sense, but you'd see how it completely plays right. towards a Western. Right. That same kind of character development and kind of challenge against you know, good and evil, the town against the bad it. guys. It's the moral yeah. right and wrong. Right? Okay. So like that's a, a key tenet of our company. We're very family friendly, mm-hmm. very morally good versus evil. Yep. Like it's, it's, it's trying to find those like, key elements that allows like for um, exploring things in a, a right versus wrong area okay without you know uh, let's say without being preachy preachy yeah. or like dipping into you know Westworld's a great example future end of the show mm-hmm. at the same point like the violence level of it would never work for us okay. right so you're we're, we try and like tell those stories in a very family setting okay. without going kind of over the top into violence so to speak nudity like all that kind of craziness yeah and that makes sense i mean there's so much content out there people have plenty of options it's nice to know that there's also some safe options for families so good so before we get too far into that i want to learn a little bit about your background one of the things we like to do in this podcast is talk to leaders of the industry for how'd you get to where you are now gosh so i know so i um gosh we go in the way 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 back when machine um, I wanted to be a director as a teenager. Not surprising. I spent most of my childhood probably watching way too many shows on TV. Um, you know, a little bit of a latchkey kid, right? So um, went to film school, Academy of Art University in San Francisco. Oh, congratulations. Awesome. Very first semester, started working with actors and realized I had no interest in directing whatsoever. Oh, no. So was um, it the actors that turned you off? Or? Well, I, listen, loved hanging out with them. I just realized that I was not the type of person to okay. try and like whole emotions reactions okay yeah it just wasn't a a good director and that was not my career and you recognize that early which is smart i was incredibly blessed to like first semester go oh wow this is not what i thought it was so what do i do so i shifted over to a producing emphasis and really studied on the business side of things um you know my my last year of film school i actually finished in la remotely Mm -hmm. Um, was working for a independent production and distribution company. Um, started working on pre-production budgets and scheduling. You know, so you've been in the industry for a while. Like so you this, know the yeah, probably. Gosh, that's going on almost twenty years ago. Okay. Now. So, um, and then within my first six months, company wanted me to do some collection calls for international uh, distributors, yeah. and uh, steamrolled into. Well, you're calling them to find out about the money start pitching them on new content and here we are 20 years later and been in distribution that whole time. So uh, from there, you know, spent about gosh, seven, eight years with that company, mm-hmm. went back to school for my MBA at Vanderbilt. Um, nice. really wanted to balance out my artistic undergraduate studies with a business background mm-hmm. and then uh, flipped over to the studio side. So I worked for Disney in their international distribution mm-hmm. and then uh, oversaw uh, digital transactional for MGM for joining nice. uh, INSP and a match That's Very, very cool. So what advice would you have for a young person coming out of college right now that wants to break into this industry? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think the, 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 the biggest challenge is you have to be committed to want this, right? It's, it's not an, an easy industry to get into. 
Um, it's an industry that has way more people wanting to get into it than there are possible positions to allow. Right. So if this is really your calling, um, you know, like you got to be dedicated about it. Yeah. I, um, you know, I had a, uh, a very uh, blessed meeting during uh, my second year of my MBA program with the, uh, the then CFO of Warner Music. Okay. Um, you know, his background wasn't in entertainment. He got brought in by the hedge fund that purchased Warner Music to primarily make sure that they had someone on the inside watching their finances, doing, right. you know, trying to keep an eye on things. And he said, you know, I walk around this building and I see some of the most talented people I've ever seen in a corporation. And they're working for a fraction of what they could be earning and let's say less great glamorous industries. So, um, you know, I at that point had already been, gosh, seven, eight years into entertainment. Yes. Wasn't leaving entertainment. So that was the nudge you needed. But it was a great thing yeah. where he was just like, you know, I, he's like, I feel like a lot of people kind of um, pursue this industry and may give up other opportunities. But at the same point, I'm like, this is for me, it's my home. Right. Something I'm passionate about. Like I work in sales, I work in distribution. I'm sure I could go work for Whirlpool and sell, you know, washing machines. You'd probably be great at it too. You know, it's like, it's not where my heart is. Right. right, right. So, <laughs> so let's talk about where your heart is a little bit. You know, we're here at Stream TV show in Denver. Very cool vibe right here. A lot of the conversations where I've learned the most, quite frankly, is this type of conversation, not necessarily up on the stage or in the official like sessions, but just talking to people over lunch or, you know, last night we had a meetup for the OTD executive committee, which is pretty cool. What do you see as like the larger trend right now? There's been some layoffs. There's been some contraction in content investments. Uh, you know, the, the the party's over, so to speak, in terms of just wildly spending without really thinking about yeah, the bottom line. Yeah, I feel like that's, I, I mean, listen, I feel like that's our economy as well, right? Okay. Now, right? Everyone's like trying to figure out like what's the cost effective way to, to, to manage your business. And yeah. I think after, you know, years of, of, let's say, relatively loose monetary policy allowed a lot of companies within entertainment as well to just kind of spend chasing the dream as opposed to the financial reality. So, um, so I think we're, we're going through some of those, those challenges now where it's like, where is our business going that's cost effective? Um, you know, I think this, this particular event's amazing one. I, I feel like year over year, probably twice as big as last yeah, year. Yeah, no, definitely. Without a doubt. And um, I think you have a lot of focus now on, you know, how's, how do we reach consumers in a cost effective way? You know, so without a doubt, you know, fast is, of course, like probably one of the key pillars. Um, you know, for us in our business, we started in AVOD going back probably about six years ago to now, okay. working with Tubi very early on. Um, and then okay. as well as, um, you know, uh, IMDB TV, which became Freebie and that that whole group. AVOD's been a tremendous business for us. Um, What's the split right now in terms of AVOD versus FAST? So AVOD still for us, I would say um, probably way, way bigger. I'm okay. going to say almost... You know, for us, it's an established business. Sure. We've been working right. in the AVOD space for, like I said, about five, six years now. Okay. So if I have to split out the revenue, we're probably 80% AVOD, 20% FAST. We launched our FAST uh, channel called Cowboy Way last year. So we're about a year and a half into it. Um, and how's with, it going so far with Cowboy Way? Phenomenal. I mean, that's a, the big talk this week is all about FAST channels and the growth of FAST. Is this a, is this a you know, 
fad that's going to grow out or is this have so, legs? So it's, it's funny, like, cause you know, so our organization being a traditional cable channel, anytime I try and do something new, the first part of it is really educating internally. What is this? What are we trying to do? Right. You know, um, what's the goal? You just want to like, yeah. you know. so for fast to me, like the, the way I pitch this internally, I'm like, listen, we're, we're looking at broadcast television for the internet. And that was a very kind of simple way to look at this for, right. for our executives who've been working in the cable space for, you know, 30, 40 years now and go, okay, well, we're, we're kind of going back to, to we totally are the lean back, groups. you know, curated, you know, just kind of linear type of programming. And right? I think that's the big piece, yeah. right? It's like, for me, listen, I'll talk about myself as a consumer. Gosh, the number of times I launch an app, scroll for like five or 10 minutes yeah. and I go, there's nothing I want to watch right. here. Like, it's like the digital version of going to the Blockbuster yeah. store. You know, but, it's like, what? My gosh, go, turning on, you know, Tubi, Pluto, any of the, the fast partners we're working with and having that linear play out. And I'm like, oh gosh, like I haven't, I haven't seen this in a while. This is exactly what I want to see. So having those suggestions that are um, not necessarily algorithm, uh, algorithmically like mm-hmm. set out for us. But again, going back to that like traditional programmer who's going, hey, this is how I see content lying out. No, I think there's a, a long, strong business. In we front do. Of us. Okay. There's been some talk about maybe this is just the cord cutters, you know, kind of going, being attracted to something they're familiar with. And eventually that wears out when they get a little more sophisticated with like, you know, content discovery options yeah. that are out there. Well, well, you know, we'll you see. Know, I think the flip side is like, I think, I think Bass is going to evolve, right? Like yeah. the, the the Baywatch channels of the world where it's like we're just running Baywatch nonstop, those probably I feel like are going to be the bigger challenges, right? right? Like, you know, if I just want to watch Baywatch, I can also find out an AVOD streaming. Right, not exclusive, right. You know, and this is where I think having more of those traditional programmers come into the bath space and kind of recreating that world in a more economical manner for um, for viewers yeah. is going to continue to evolve. So one of the things, I think you're hitting on something that's important to me, and I've been thinking a lot about this, is it's not a just, just about the video player, right? It's not just about selecting content from your library, playing it out to whoever your audience is. It's more than that. It's wrapping it around a community. It's social. It's, you know, bringing people in. It's, you know, uh, referrals. It's all that kind of stuff. Can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, it sounds like you've under- you, you understand that your audience yeah, has a certain I mean, you know, community yeah, to it. So going back to INSP, yep. talking about traditional cable first, I mean, it's it's crazy. Our channel has like one of the highest tune-in rates, meaning people turn on our channel and just watch it for hours upon hours, you know? And that's some of the things we're starting to see again with like Cowboy Way. Same same model of like very family friendly. No one needs to worry about what's coming on to the channel. Like even in terms of like INSP with advertisements, they're very particular about the ads they'll put on there. Uh, INSP's age demo tends to skew kind of 50 plus, right? Yeah. So uh, something like Viagra seems like a perfect bet. Good advertiser, right? Yeah. A lot of money there. It's not who INSP engages okay. with. Because again, like for them, they just don't want to have that type of advertisement where that's to that concern. content. Yeah. So I think that's you kind of nailed it. You're, you're trying to like curate. So you're curating the advertising experience, not just the without a doubt. Yeah, okay. To the point where it's like it becomes this very family friendly environment where it's like, no, I can put this on. It doesn't matter if my three year old's running in. It doesn't matter if my eighty three year old grandmother's running in. It's safe. It's something right. we can all. 
you know, kind of consumed together in a, yeah. a very positive experience. So. Well, good for you. Um, congratulations on all your success. Um, it's very exciting, you know, being able to like combine and evolve from traditional cable company to embracing the world of streaming and fast channels. Um, sure, you're learning every day new things. Not it out. <laughs> One thing our viewers like to learn about our guest speakers is just a hobby or an interest, something yeah. interesting about yourself they might find interesting. So, so uh, for me, it's my family. Okay. You know, like, um, gosh, it's funny going back to where we started this conversation, mm -hmm. how we got, how I got into the industry. Yeah, I was a crazy little kid who watched too much TV. Flipside now, I have six kids. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Uh, That's awesome. Part of what brought us from LA to Charlotte, okay. part of what kind of drew us to INSB. Um, great quality of life in Charlotte. I, I, I'll, I will say, um, you know, I miss tacos in LA without a doubt. <laughs> um, and any chance I have to, to have some good sushi in LA, can't, can't pass that up. But, you know, everything I do here, I'm blessed to do something I really yeah. enjoy. But it's also an added blessing I get to do something that, you know, allows me to spend time with uh, my family and the, the six crazy kids. What is the age I was going to ask you? There you go. So my oldest is 13. Um, he's the one who's moved around the most. Okay. So he, uh, he was born in Nashville at Vanderbilt when I was in grad school, uh, moved up to Brooklyn with us, then out to LA. Then three girls in California um, who are, uh, gosh, almost 10, almost eight, and will be six in October, mm -hmm. and then two boys that were born in Charlotte who are four and almost two. Oh my so, goodness, you have your hands full. That's we sure. without a doubt in the soccer field all weekend or soccer what? field, baseball field. Yeah. yeah, my wife was actually just uh, made her her first Charlotte FC uh, game with uh, my oldest daughter and my oldest daughter, who's almost ten's boyfriend. Yeah, who uh, their family invited us out. So yeah, That's plus awesome. three California uh, girls, three Southern boys. Beautiful life. Any accents yet in your kids or not so much? Oh, gosh. You know, it's the, the most surprising thing is my 13-year-old who's moved around the most. Yep. Um, he's the one who actually, like, out of nowhere, blurted out a very southern comment with a very is southern... y'all? Is he saying y'all? was like, y'all with a, like, with, with a, 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 quote, yellow cat. <laughs> he's like, y'all see that yellow cat? <laughs> As it ran through a, uh, also a very useful word. If you think about it, some people get offended by you guys, right? The oh, ball is very inclusive. I love it. Right? But still funny that it's my 13 year old who's moved around the most. It was the first one to like come out with this, like really something. Well, he's, you know, he's embracing where he is yeah. now. He's got a home and yeah. Yeah. He's a it. middle school kid and fully, fully embracing uh, the Charlotte life. Well, Jonathan, I really enjoyed this Pleasure. conversation. Thank you so much. This is Brian Mahoney from OTT Executive Podcast signing off. Everybody, great day. Have a great stream TV show. Thank you.